To move left idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo, uh, joined by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, uh, how you feeling? <clears throat> uh, I'm. I'm <coughs> I just tried to do a shot of whiskey at room temperature. I just got back from the store. I usually keep it in the freezer. Uh, room temperature, it did not go down well, and uh, it came back up pretty quick, along with the rest of my dinner. Uh, so <laughs> I am. <coughs> Not feeling the best, but uh, yeah. So <laughs> uh, there we have it, folks. So, so is it true that you cannot, in fact, brush your teeth with a bottle of Jack Daniels, like Kesha suggests that you could? Oh, I feel like I need to brush my teeth right now. Honestly. <laughs> God. All right. Well. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so. You know, we have a lot to talk about, although we're really only talking about one thing for the most part tonight. Um, although I'm sure as we as we go through the debate, other uh, uh, stories of the week will come up about the individual candidates. Uh, but yeah, so uh, let's just get into it because the uh, Democrats had their latest debate last night uh, in Georgia, and um, it was a fucking fiasco as per usual msnbc hosted uh just it's trotted out the worst fucking garbage panel of uh establishment super rich moderators imaginable they're uh, all women const- though there's a whole panel yeah of no women. that's true yeah. whole panel of millionaire women who all hate bernie sanders for various reasons andrea mitchell whose husband bernie destroyed in fucking congress uh to his face you know rachel maddow who can never forgive bernie for not being super in on russiagate uh and that's two other people i can't even remember um but uh yeah so it was it was it was terrible um and we'll get into each of the individual candidates performances and um well i'll tell you right now the worst part was that uh, my man john delaney was not on stage to shine (laughs) like he always does and by shine i do mean that he's violently bald uh come on guys (laughs) it's like one of those guys that like works out obsessively to compensate for hair loss who else was missing there's somebody else missing because there's there was 12 last time julian castro somehow didn't even notice uh actually you know half the people running are zero to one percent so it's on any given month it might he might be back (laughs) we don't know i mean Uh, julian castro you know fairly establishment had way more right to be there than tom fucking steyer who literally bought his way into this debate you know, has no okay. support whatsoever. I mean, it's preposterous. And somehow, like, thinks he's not a millionaire. He's like, who, mil- Tom, Tom started the millionaire. Who? Where? I don't I don't see anyone up here like he's that. He's actually a billionaire. Uh, he, he has yeah, more than a billion dollars. Billionaire? So I meant billionaire. Yeah. So, I mean, and yeah, so he and he's always like, yeah, no, Bernie's right. Bernie's right about everything. <laughs> really? Okay, so great. So you, you agree that you should be taxed out of your status as a billionaire? Um, yeah. And and Tom, and I forget who said it tonight, but uh, someone actually called him out on it. I was like, look, I, I think he actually Biden of all people called him out on it. I was like, look, Tom Steyer could talk a big game about climate, but he made his fortune in coal. So like, don't act like you're all of a sudden this fucking environmental. And he also still has a ton of 
money tied up into natural gas and you know he's a bullshitter he's really good at it he's good at uh faking it for people who don't look into things but he's not anyone's friend when it comes to the environment or any of these other policies no, he's well, literally I'm sure he's one of these guys who did all this shit and was like well i'm making ch- tons of money someone would stop me if it was wrong right who then finally saw like leo dicaprio's documentary and was like oh fuck here's another rich person telling me that i did a bad thing and now it finally <laughs> sinks in that they did they were fucking you know all, all the just people in the world you know all, you know with their uh, rainforest being poisoned by shell and just, you know, none of that sinks in, but here's, here's Leo DiCaprio and he finally gets through the billionaires. So, I mean, some people might, you know, I, me- I remember that documentary came out, Leo DiCaprio's, I forget what it's called, but it was like about what, three, four, four years ago? After the flood, I think it's called. Yeah. 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 And of course, you know, he flew around the world and used up a bunch of, you know, carbon <laughs> credits to do it, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, you got to go, you got to go where the action is, where these, um, you know, calving events where, Hundreds of, of billions of tons of ice all fall into the ocean all at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, pretty impressive. But uh, Chasing Ice was the other one. I think that's what the, that was the first documentary that showed that footage uh, in a, a large chunk of its entirety. I mean, it seems good on its surface, but it, it, I don't know. He just never like it, it's just super strange that he wouldn't come out in support of like the Green New Deal or anything like uh, Leo DiCaprio. Meaning, like, yeah, it's great that you're like you know. Uh, into fighting climate change but like what you know like i've never seen him do anything outside of just you know the documentary and talking i don't know he just doesn't seem like he's like super into the practicality of how to actually come combat climate change like he knows it's an issue and he's on the right side of it but i don't know it it just seemed like a weird weird you know i guess yeah i haven't really heard him ever talk about it but i don't really spend a lot of time looking for things that he says you know if it's not a documentary like he's not a media guy though he doesn't he hates like doing interviews so maybe that's just what it is who knows it could be well somebody just needs to go find him and be like look motherfucker this green new deal thing is uh pretty hot you'd rather sit the back of uh high school graduations and scout as an ex-girlfriend i think probably (laughs) he's too busy doing um oh that was it um uh, uh, somebody else was just, I was, I learned about, oh, it was a Marilyn Manson who, uh, dated, oh, what the fuck was her name? I, it's totally gonna, I'm gonna draw a blank now. Um, basically Marilyn Manson started dating somebody when she was 18. She's like famous now. Uh, and she's testified before Congress, uh, about uh, sexual abuse, sexual assault. And she's never said that that's who it was. But like the timeline of when she says it was, it's like exactly. So he, he's 18 years older than her, dating her when she had just turned 18. Like that. Oh, it was Evan Rachel Wood. Was there that? you go. That's who it was. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. So that's fucked up. But yeah, let's get into the debate. So um, before we start talking about the individual candidates and their performances, um, just the questions top to bottom, just absolute fucking garbage, almost nothing of substance, a lot of really easy softball questions designed to, uh, make the Democrats look, uh, like they all agree with each other, just real basic dumb shit. And then the ones that weren't, were just like really dumb questions that nobody has like gives a fuck about. Like one of the questions to Elizabeth Warren, who spoke for way longer than anyone else and got up literally two questions back to back addressed to her uh even though they froze bernie sanders out nearly the entire debate um one of the questions she got was uh 
W- would you, you know, Donald Trump is building this this wall at the southern border right now. Would you tell taxpayers that you're going to spend their hard-earned money to dismantle this wall if you become pre- like who the fuck care? Like that is not even remotely a fucking issue that anyone is talking about right now. Di- like <laughs> literally dismantling the fi- dismantling the physical fucking wall, which isn't even really being built right now. Why don't you ask her a substantive policy question about immigration? Why don't you ask her a substantive policy question about foreign policy, an area where she's atrocious uh, and they made a really concerted effort to totally avoid going to her during those questions? Uh, you know, they, they fucking ignored Bernie the entire debate other than his opening question, which was a total fucking, you know, softball. Like, oh, do you think Donald Trump should be impeached or something along those lines? Uh, I, I actually wrote it down 19 minutes before he was called on to answer an, a, a second question in between the first question and the uh, next thing they asked him. They skipped over him entirely when they talked about housing. He just released one of the most comprehensive housing bills alongside AOC, the Green New Deal housing bill last week. You think that maybe would be a guy you want to ask. They skipped over him for the fucking healthcare question. So so obviously that he slammed his hand down on the podium <laughs> got picked up on cnn's uh, broadcast uh so just just an absolute fucking garbage fire of a debate as per usual but sure yeah they also gave the uh cancel student debt question to her too and she was like oh well, let me tell you about that and uh her she's went in the details that her uh student debt cancellation plan would cancel uh up to 640 billion dollars which is less than half of what Bernie's would do. Bernie's would cancel all of it, one point six trillion, uh, yeah. and and I and he had his hand up for that too. They wouldn't call on him. They wouldn't call on him. Yep. No, he held his hand up for every question. They just wouldn't call on him. They would call on the like one and two percenters. That Cory Booker spoke uh, almost the exact same amount of time as Bernie Sanders. Cory Booker is pulling out a statistical zero, and he spoke eleven minutes and thirty two seconds to to Bernie Sanders eleven minutes and forty seven seconds. What the fuck is that about? Like, seriously, Cory Booker, again, pulling statistical zero right now. Bernie Sanders, by the way, in an Emerson poll today that came out, number one tied with Joe Biden at 27%. Warren's down at 20%. And in the other uh, questions asked, Bernie Sanders, the only one of the four front runners who actually beats Trump in a national head-to-head poll. He's being Trump 51-49 right now. Biden, 50-50. Warren losing by two, 51, 49, and Buttigieg is losing by like four, like, you know, some preposterous number. Buttigieg has no fucking chance nationally against Trump. But that's what happens when you have 0% support in the, in the black community. Um, but so, you know, a, a guy that's literally the fucking front runner right now, they let uh, th- speak as much as they let Cory Booker, you know, one to 2% speak. So, well, at least, at least they're just totally honest about you know, who they're biased against with the amount of time to let them talk. I mean, that's, that's just, it's supposed to be equal time for everybody, right? It's supposed to be everyone gets to answer the same question, right? Like they're making it this way on purpose so they can, they can slam certain people and elevate others and just totally uh, blacklist the ones that are the real threat. Yeah. Andrew Yang spoke for six minutes and 49 seconds to Liz, to Liz Warren's 13 minutes and 31 seconds. To be Andrew fair, Yang, that's not, the most he's, a, he's able to speak on anything is about six minutes before he's just... Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I love he's, he's got to start recycling the, it. <laughs> you can only say $1,000 freedom dividend so many times, but... Yeah. Um, but then, look, I'm not an Andrew Yank fan, but that's fucked up. He's polling higher than Tom Steyer, than Tulsi, than Amy Klobuchar, than Kamala Harris, than Cory Booker. 
I would say he's probably polling higher than all of them in some national polls. And they let him speak for more than half the, you know, less than half of the length of Elizabeth Warren. So like, this is just a broken fucking debate system. There shouldn't be 10 people on the stage at once. It's preposterous. And the people that are on the stage, they're giving complete softballs to other than, you know, Bernie. They asked Bernie, like, one of the questions they asked Bernie was like, would you would you negotiate with you talked about negotiating with our enemies if it means achieving more peace in, in you know, in, in regions of you know conflict? Does that mean you'd negotiate with the Taliban to leave Afghanistan? It's like, yeah, number one. But well, we are we already you know, do that. We, we already, already do that with the Taliban all the time, which was what, which was the whole fiasco he, about Trump, you know, uh, yeah, canceling but, his meeting with the. It's the, but the, this, I mean, the only reason we've yeah, been no. able to withdraw the troops there the, down to the point we have is because we've basically paid off a bunch of them and made them realize that, like, hey, there, there's a there's a big PR angle here if you're not going into villages and just you know shooting people, uh, you know, and and that was actually I don't remember who did it. It was like a. It wasn't 60 minutes, but it was it was like an extended uh, segment, like maybe 20, 30 minutes on, uh, you know, how the, the Taliban is trying to reform its image, uh, if not, you know, do things differently because they realize, OK, we are going to be in charge here. Right. So we can uh, create an untenable situation where the U.S. starts sending it back in more troops or we can try to kind of soften our edge a little bit. Uh, and not be quite so militant. So, you know, and, and again, like the, the Taliban didn't attack us on 9-11. Al-Qaeda did. And where they all no, come from? Saudi Arabia. Of, yeah. And and the Taliban, you know, I, I, I got no love for them. They're a far-right, you know, uh, uh, fundamentalist political party. But they are still a political party within, you know, within Afghanistan. It's like, you know, the they're basically the fucking, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't say the Republicans of Afghanistan, but like they're... The, the, they're the equivalent of like MBS's government in Saudi Arabia. Like, no, they're not, they're they're not going not, anywhere. <laughs> you know, you're not gonna yeah. you're not gonna root them out when <laughs> it's not going the majority of the population of the country. And it's not like the, it's not Al Qaeda. That's the kind of casual racism of you know U.S. imperialism in the U.S. media is to kind of equate the Taliban with Al Qaeda or ISIS. It's not the same thing. It's really it's frankly a racist designation so you know but i wouldn't expect anything unless rachel maddow who sees a russian around every fucking corner um but you know it just just real shit uh job top to bottom total softballs for warren the entire night which she still couldn't manage to hit out of the park um but yeah let's let's go through each individual candidate um and i'll go in order of speaking time from highest to lowest because that's that's uh you know easiest way for me to go through it so Liz Warren, we talked about a little bit, um, spoke for the most time. I can't remember a single substantive thing she said. She really just totally faded into the background of this debate, uh, has nothing, you know, forceful or substantive to say beyond her kind of campaign talking points. The one thing I do remember uh, specifically was that she was asked uh, another just stupid fucking question by Rachel Maddow. Um, who had almost exclusively stupid questions tonight uh you know the the current pop the current u.s military is uh or the current population uh the u.s uh has about one percent of the population in, in the military or one percent of the population of the u.s serves in the military is that number too low and liz warren was like yeah no that number's too low uh, i i want that number to be higher i want to expand opportunities for national service i mean Really? That's that's your number to one. That's your what? fucking 
Yeah. What do you, what why? Do you need more uh, trained killers for? Like, so, what are you going to have them go guard schools from fucking mass shooters? Like, they guarantee- send them to the Mexico border, like Pete Buttigieg. Seriously, um, like, what do you, what do you, what do you have a standing army for to begin with? You know, that was that was the whole thing. Washington, first first general, first president said, "Don't maintain a standing army. It's not good for a fledgling democracy." See, that's something that like almost never gets talked about, but it's such a good point and it's such an interesting thing is that we just totally take for granted the notion of having a standing army. And a lot of countries, I would say much more um, uh, enlightened countries than us don't maintain a standing army because when you maintain a standing army, you <clears throat> need to, f- to justify the cost of it by finding something for them to do. But what if the, uh, you know, what if the evil doers attack us and we we got, we're unprepared to defend us? Like, what do you think? What is the, what's the fucking national guard for? Like, I think yeah. You, number one, what's the national guard for? What number two? Why what, does why do every why does every redneck in America have you know fifty to seventy guns in their fucking bunker? If if not for oh, for that purpose, you know. What do we got the Boy Scouts for? If it's not to fend off the Ruskies when they parachute into fucking Idaho. <laughs> uh yeah no it's 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 nonsensical it's nonsensical and, and you know if you ask those kind of people how many how many military bases do you think we have around the world uh a dozen <laughs> you know they have, they have no clue it's it's in, it's we don't uh, even know just it's under 200 in it's <laughs> yeah. in the hundreds and that's all that we know about i'm sure there's tons of military sites we don't know about obviously there's a ton of black sites we don't know about so you know we have we're just completely ubiquitous you know we pockmark the entire globe with our and then there's all the ones we, we abandon uh and leave completely polluted uh you know all those uranium shell casings we'll just dump them underground uh once we're done using the land and then you know the people once they get their land back uh can't do anything with it can't grow food on it can't develop it because it's poisonous yeah yeah, so that was you know but again to to Liz Warren Liz, is Liz Warren's defense uh you know, we need just to justify all of these military spending increases that she votes for under the Trump administration. So if we don't expand our troop numbers, how are we going to justify all of the expanded uh, military budgets that Liz Warren votes for all the time? You know, that's that. So well, I don't know. And she doesn't strike me as somebody who's who's that hawkish that she's going to start a big recruitment campaign. But, you know, when she's put on the spot, she can't come up with any kind of answer that makes sense. So she just goes. Uh, yes, <laughs> like yeah. no, the, she's the, totally the least, uh, you know, confident. Yes. Of the night. Yes. No. Well, I don't know. I, I got to check my way. I got to check my, my policy on that. But, um, well, let me tell you a story about that. <laughs> that's, that, that's her I, favorite I just, new go-to yeah, is let me tell you a story. It's like, I don't fucking want to hear a story about your bullshit made up life as a indigenous Harvard law student honorary woman of color um yeah so and you know but the, but it's actually very concerning that warren would even say that because her foreign policy uh is at times non-existent but when it's not when it does you know come out it's almost routinely awful i mean she's you know she went on pod save america uh and she Ugh. talked about i know <laughs> you're gonna make me throw up a second time anthony cross myself as i say that um <laughs> And um, she talked about the Bolivian coup, uh, you know, did not frame it in terms of a coup, talked about, you know, the the need for free and fair elections, talked about uh, Maduro being a dictator. She's fucking awful. She is as far to the right as any Matt of Morales. the Democrats on stage. 
Uh, no, no, no. I'm t- well, she talked about Venezuela also. She talked oh, about she Maduro did. being a yeah, okay. yeah. She's she's just awful. Like she's just went out of her way to, to show you how awful she was on every fucking major foreign policy uh, litmus test of of the Trump presidency. So you know, um, she's. I would say she's as far right as any of the Democrats that were on stage when it comes to foreign policy. So it, it's terrifying the notion that she wants more people in the military because she's going to be sending them places. Uh, no doubt. So, you know, just just terrible performance overall. They're trying everything they can to prop her up. Um, the candidate they're t- trying to prop up almost as equally uh, was the person that had second uh, most speaking time, which is Pete Buttigieg. Uh, and just, you know, <laughs> this this little fucking Pinocchio looking bastard just had uh, such a smug I mean, you know, everything he says is smug. Like, that's just the overwhelming, overriding um, uh, conveyance whenever he opens his mouth is just, you know, smug, fucking elitist, Rhodes Scholar, McKinsey consultant, douchebag, uh, empty suit rhetoric. Everything he says is just completely rehearsed, completely like choreographed to the to, to the point of like the cadence that he uses is, as people have pointed out you know, trying to be Obama-esque. Um, and and he just has nothing to say of any substance whatsoever. I mean, he just, he just can't answer a substantive question. And the one time he gets pressed, and I'll play the audio clip in a, in a, in a minute or two here, uh, about something he said, he just turns into a whiny little fucking rich, like, asshole. Like, it's so obvious that he's a petulant, rich, like, douchebag when, when he's asked a question. So... Well, and, know. and you, you know think? that uh, they really were going to grill him over the 400 black uh, people who endorsed his <laughs> Frederick Douglass oh, yeah. for America so, plan uh, by yeah. the fact that they sent out an email and said, you have two hours to opt out. And if you don't, then you officially endorse this. And they said they were all from South Carolina. And I think only about half of them were. Nobody had enough time to uh, you know, respond to it. Uh, and so, they sent it out with a stock photo of uh, a woman and her her young son who were from Kenya, not yeah. even in let, America. So let, let me set this up for people that don't know about this. So Pete Buttigieg um, pulls around 0% nationally with black voters. He is uh, just atrocious when it comes to uh, the black community in his in his small city in indiana that he's the mayor of where he's never gotten more than eleven thousand votes uh in a single election uh, which which andrew mitchell actually pointed out tonight uh last night but um so and and you know black people see right through him like and he actually uh again just in his never-ending pomposity was was said um oh well, i think black voters they just don't know me you know uh i think once they get a chance to know me uh my my, my numbers will go up with them implying that every black voter in America is a low information voter. So that'll really fucking do, do you favors and win over more uh, black support for you, Pete. But so in order to counteract the fact that he has no outreach whatsoever to the black community, he doesn't speak to them. He just, you know, doesn't deign to speak to them. He speaks down to them. Um, or when he does it, speak to them, he says, I'm not looking for your vote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to which that one fucking awesome one was like, yeah, and you, you're not fucking getting it either. Like, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no. And so what his campaign's big solution was, rather than, you know, support policies that actually help uh, uplift uh, black families who have been the victim of 
incredibly racist uh, economic policies since the inception of this country. Um, his response was to come up with this 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 uh, Douglas plan, which uh, was super vague and didn't really actually outline too many concrete policy goals, but you know, his big thing was like, all right, well, I'm going to really to sell this, I'm going to get support. I'm going to get the support of 400 uh, prominent black South Carolinian, uh, you know, political leaders or or figures. Um, So he released this email and his campaign actually drafted this email and said, you know, and and actually referred to them as, as prominent black South Carolinian uh, political figures, I believe was the exact phrasing. And it listed these 400 people. Uh, and Ryan Grimm uh, from The Intercept looked into it and, and actually looked in, into all of these people. And over 200 of them uh, were white people, <laughs> as, a, as a point of fact. Uh, so he emailed the campaign, reached out to the campaign. And the campaign said, well, you know, we're trying to build a multiracial coalition for support of the, in the, of the, uh, of the Marshall Plan. Uh, or, excuse me, of the Douglas uh, Plan. Um, and... You know, so line number one that they're caught in just complete fucking tone deaf elitism from that campaign as per usual. And then the the second ridiculous thing uh, that they did was, as you mentioned, the photo that was attached to this plan on Pete's website um, because he couldn't find a single photo of a black supporter of his. They used a, a Getty Images stock photo. And the stock photo was of a, a woman uh, speaking to her, speaking to her child, a, a black woman and her child, you know, speaking to her like you know, she was talking to him. Uh, and turns out the photo was of a mother and son uh, f- taken in Kenya of two Kenyan, you know, nationals. So it was it was supposed to be a photo of his plan for black America, but he used two Kenyan people in his picture. So, you know, but again, to people to judge all black people are the same. Um, you know, doesn't matter. And they asked Kamala about that too. And she totally covered for him. And she, she just kind of like muttered like, oh, well he, I think he apologized for that. Like she totally. They didn't even ask him a, this is fucking nuts. They didn't even ask him a, the moderators, these piece of shit fucking democratic party operatives did not ask him about lying about the support of 400 black South Carolinian political leaders. They didn't fucking ask him. It had to come up. Yeah. uh, Cory Booker had to bring it up, I think. Yeah, it's it's like we're going to use your name on this thing unless you tell us not to and you have uh, 15 minutes to reply. Like that's that's stealing. Yeah, but I, and it's crazy to me that the moderators uh you know just didn't bring that up at all. Uh Cory Booker had to bring it up. Um and you know they didn't bring up a single uh controversial uh or uh damaging piece of information. I mean that's you know CNN as much shit as people give them and as much as we give them to their credit went after these fucking candidates when they had their debate, they asked questions about Joe Biden's record about, you know, they asked actual questions about legitimate concerns that people have about these candidates records. And, and I'm pretty MSNBC. sure they brought up the controversy about him uh, firing his police chief too. They did. Yeah. Yeah. Which was good. Um, and he, you know, and of course, he, he's, like he's always said, well, these federal prosecutors were pressuring me to, and it's like, you're the one who's in charge there, Pete, you're going to, you get a fold under, under pressure from a prosecutor. Uh, so no, he, he's, he fucking sucks. We don't have any audio of, of, uh, Mayo Pete, do we? Well, I actually have the audio of, uh, Tulsi just eating his fucking lunch. So I, I mean, this is probably as good of a time as any to play that oh, yeah. because yeah, might as well. Um, 
he in a uh recent interview he was giving an interview at like a uh latino uh i don't know if it was a town hall or just just some kind of an outreach you know uh event and he was asked about combating uh drug cartels uh you know coming through at the southern border and he implied that he's willing to send troops to the southern border to combat cartel violence so you know no, not just to the border into mexico into mexico no he, he actually mexico. literally said into mexico I, implying that they which is legal under international law yeah well they could, they could invite us you know they could invite u.s troops but like do we want to be fighting a, a guerrilla war in in mexico where you know you've you basically it's it's you know urban combat with people getting blown away people riding around in, in tanks basically blowing each other away it was just a huge they, uh, shootout just a few weeks ago in Mexico where uh, the, the basically the police had to let El Chapo's son go because they were killing so many of the police. Yeah, they surrendered to the fucking cartel. That's is that the, really the situation we want to get into the into a shootout with people who who literally beat the like the 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 SWAT team of in in that area of Mexico, like people that actually know the terrain and know the, like. Yeah, that's that's something we really want to get involved in, Pete. But again, he's a fucking little dweeb who, you know, served in the in the military. So he thinks that every the answer to every fucking problem is to throw troops at it. And he has no concept of the actual damage that that's going to do. And it's kind of amazing that he actually served and he still has no concept of, you know, the how the casual flippancy of, of just being like, Oh yeah, why don't we, you know, we can send troops supposedly there. a combat medic. Like, shouldn't he more than anyone have seen That's, the horrors of warfare? It, yeah. I mean, it, you, you know, get the sense he didn't see many wounds on the battlefield. Like yeah, he was just writing yeah. prescriptions for depression maybe, <laughs> uh, but versus uh, like someone like Tulsi for who all of her issues is, 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 is pretty good on not wanting to send people into stupid fucking, you know, unnecessary situations and right. combat. She's, she's like, real against the, the regime change wars. Um, you know, we're, we're critical of her. And I think, you know, fair areas where she still, I think we're fair uh, there, yeah. she reiterates a lot of right wing talking points on the war on terror. Right. And uh, the war on drugs. So that's, that's disappointing. She wouldn't she's take a stance on Bolivia. Yeah. Or she pretended she didn't know anything about it. And it's like, really? That I don't believe you. <laughs> like, if I can know, uh, you know, I can spend half an hour reading about it, and I'm up to date. Like, what's what's your excuse? So, we, we could talk yeah. more about her uh, when we get to her segment. But let's, yeah, let's yeah, sure. take a listen to her uh, slicing Mayo Pete in half. Yeah, and this clip's a little long, but it's worth it because she really decimates him. And and uh, people who are listening to this who who didn't see the debate, seek this clip out because half of the the thrill of this clip is watching pete's face because he just takes on this really like petulant like downtrodden look halfway through it um and it and it really kind of like you the mask really slipped off and the yeah so you know, the, the politician well, yeah wait till we till we hear it and then we'll kind of comment yeah, yeah yeah sure but i want to get back to pete Buttigieg and his comment about experience uh I, pete you'll agree that uh the service that we both have provided to our country as veterans by itself does not qualify us to serve as commander-in-chief. I think the most recent example of your inexperience in national security and foreign policy came from your recent careless statement about how you as president would be willing to send our troops to Mexico to fight the cartels. As commander-in-chief, leader of our armed forces, I bring extensive experience serving for seven years in Congress. 
on the Foreign Affairs Committee, on the Armed Services Committee, on the Homeland Security Committee, meeting with leaders of, of uh, countries around the world, working with military commanders of different commands, uh, dealing with high-level national security briefings, understanding what's necessary, the preparation that I've gotten to walk in on day one to serve as Commander-in-Chief. Congresswoman, thank so you. I've Mr. Mayor, I'll allow you to that. respond. I know that it's par for the course in Washington to take remarks mm -hmm. out of context, but that is outlandish even by the standards of today's politics. Are, are you saying that you didn't say that? I was talking about U.S.-Mexico cooperation. We've been doing security cooperation with Mexico for years with law enforcement cooperation and a military relationship that could continue to be developed with training relationships, for example. Do you seriously think anybody on this stage is proposing invading Mexico? That, that's not I'm what talking I said. About that's not what I said. Up, I'm that's talking about building up alliances. <laughs> and if your question is about experience, let's also talk about judgment. One of the foreign leaders you mentioned meeting was Bashar al-Assad. I have, in my experience, such as it is, whether you think it counts or not since it wasn't accumulated in Washington, enough judgment that I would not have sat down with a murderous dictator like that. Congresswoman Gabbard, let me allow you to respond. Thank you. You were asked directly whether you would send our troops to Mexico to fight cartels, and your answer was yes. The fact checkers can check this out. No. But your point about judgment is absolutely correct. Our commander-in-chief does need to have good judgment. And what you've just pointed out is that you would lack the courage to meet with both adversaries and friends to ensure the peace <laughs> and national security of our Real nation. Brutal. I take the example of those leaders who have come before us, leaders like JFK, who met with Khrushchev, like Roosevelt, who met with Stalin, like, Donald like Trump Reagan, who met... Like Reagan, who met and worked with Gorbachev, these issues of national security are incredibly important. I will meet with and do what is necessary to make sure that no more of our brothers and sisters in uniform are needlessly sent into harm's way fighting regime change wars that undermine our national security. I'll bring real leadership and experience to the White House. So, I mean, Woo! she fucking ate his lunch. <laughs> By the way, what what an obnoxious crowd being like like cooing at everything he fucking said. Like what was that about? Well, they were all they they just knew there was a fight happening. You know, it's kind of like when when you're in, in middle school and two people are pissed and you're just like fight, 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 fight. <laughs> like you don't you don't really care who wins. You just want to see a fight. Uh and they were they were, you know, you know, doing the same thing when she would get him back too. Uh, especially when he's like, oh, you, you palled around with dictators. And she was like, almost like she baited him into that because she had a very prepared answer for that. That, that was great. And it was a good answer. You too. lack the courage to do it. And that was when everyone was just like, oh, checkmate. She just fucking snapped him like a twig. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you uh, lack the courage to meet with our adversaries and our allies alike. That was just fucking. And, but it's it, so true. He has no idea what he's fucking doing. He has no idea. Just, yeah. you know. Well, and, and uh, you know, we're, we're fair. We criticize her where we think it, it fits. But when she wants to make a really compelling argument, she can. My problem is when she just chooses not to or says, oh, I don't know anything about Bolivia. It's like, yes, you do. Come on. But she, I mean, it was like she was playing, uh, he was playing checkers and she was playing chess where every move she made, she was like three steps ahead of him. And it was, is almost like, like you could see, as you were saying, the look on his face, like he knew he was getting the ax. 
Like she was coming for him tonight. Right. It was like, <laughs> it, like it was like the, the scene from, um, the scene from the untouchables where De Niro, uh, is walking around behind everybody with a baseball bat. And you're just like, you don't know who's going to get it. And then suddenly fucking booty judge is like, Oh shit. Tonight's my night to get like, she's coming after me tonight. I'm fucked. No, Tulsi, Tulsi just walks in there like fucking Negan, like pointing the bat at everyone's fucking yeah. <laughs> face. And, and the thing is, like, she him. is unfazed. Nothing phases her. That whole Mahalo thing about just being chilled all times, like that—that that is a very Hawaiian trait, you know, to see like that no, level sure. of, of of calm. Uh, and not to stereotype, but you know, if, if you've been there, you notice it. They're just really calm people. Um, it's a fucking beautiful place. I mean, why wouldn't they be way way more relaxed than we are? <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I think it's more of a cultural thing, but uh, yeah, it's, no, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's paradise. Um, like, yeah, it yeah comes from that, I, think. I think that's why the media hates her too is because they cannot shake her even like bernie if they really want to get under bernie's skin they oh, can't he'll, yeah he'll, and, he'll take the bait you know in tulsi i think she's just like i've got nothing to lose and nothing you say is gonna shake me you know up here no and it's true and you know again and uh, you know she's not my candidate i there's a lot of issues i disagree with her on but i really do admire her resolve in those situations and you know when they when they talk about strong women and they kind of tokenize that term in the media and use it to discuss fucking maniacs like hillary clinton tulsi's an actual strong woman she gets criticized and smeared constantly by everyone in the fucking news media uh and the De- and the democrat and her own party uh which she's super loyal to despite the fact that they fucking hate her guts and she like is very she's always unflappable. So I, I give her a ton of credit for that. Oh, there, yeah, there was another moment where she flat out said, "I choose my country over my own party," and they, people were like, "Oh my god!" Like yeah. she's you know, <laughs> like if you're if you're in the military and you really believe all that crap, like you, that's that's very much a part of of military culture. Is it doesn't you know political parties don't matter. It's your country first and foremost. Uh, so for her to say that, people to be shocked by that, I was just I was like, why? That's that's yeah. That's that she believes that stuff that's that is uh her or like you when she that? went on the, on the view and all oh, of she God. was just getting they were trying to dogpile on her and again she doesn't let anyone else define her when they're when they try to say she's not a real uh not a real democrat or not a real you know unpatriotic or a russian asset she was just like here's here's who i am and here's this is me and then she doesn't such a uh you know just most people wouldn't kind of just go right out there and say like i'm not that i'm this because it makes it sound like you're you know like you're really on on the defensive right but she does in a way where suddenly no one at that table can attack her anymore because if they do then you know like it's it's much easier to say you know to talk shit about somebody and slander someone when they're not in the room it's a lot harder when they refute it to your face and then you have to go okay all right you win you notice, like, whenever she when she was on the View, Megan McCain kept her big fucking mouth shut the entire interview because she just had nothing to say to her because she knew anything oh, she yeah. would say that Tulsi would just fucking smack her down. But, um, but well, but, she, yeah, no, but, she did sit there like scowling the whole time, trying to like the like the yeah, the two gears in her <laughs> head that are still functioning, trying to figure out a, a way to attack her, and she just couldn't. She's just and like, one of those yeah, is, one of those gears military. is always working towards <laughs> keeping my father at the top of her her vocabulary at all times. So. Right, and she knows if was, she attacked her for anything, then that Tulsi would just come back and say something about her father's service that would like fucking like <laughs> she, she just couldn't do it. She's like, if I fucking attack her for anything, she's gonna bring out my father in a positive way that I'm yep. not gonna be able to figure out how to, what to do with. <laughs> oh man, um. So, but yeah, but back to Pete. So he. 
I mean, he was hapless. And, you know, again, like when go back and watch that clip if you haven't, because the mask really comes off and his petulance and his entitlement is what really shown through that. Like his fucking elitist McKinsey, just completely just empty suit douchebag entitlement came through on in, in full bore on that in that like third, you know, 30 seconds when she was going after him because he just has no answer. And this is, again, what he does whenever he's questioned about anything substantive and he's polling, you know, fairly high right now. But of course his poll numbers are absurdly inflated because he's the flavor of the fucking month. They, they you know, they've given up on Biden and they're trying to find their next, you know, their next Huckleberry. And he's well, the guy he's, right he's, now he's in Iowa who they're trying to in, in, into Iowa. Yeah. You were saying, and, and you can do that when you, you know, in like one or two States, but you can't do that nationally. Right. You can't no. put that much money into every state. Uh, yeah, I remember that there was one moment where Andrew Mitchell actually, you know, brought up the fact that he, when he won mayor, it was with less than a thousand votes. The other other statistic was she's like, oh, yeah. And when you ran for a statewide office, you lost by 20 percent. So why do you think you're going to be able to win the presidency? <laughs> and that was like I didn't know that. I didn't I didn't, heard I didn't that either. Before. And I don't know what it was. And maybe it was state. It, I don't probably know what Congress the, or I don't and, know. Yeah. And it wouldn't be statewide. Um but yeah, whatever it was, whatever it was, he lost by 20 points. So I was like, man, Indiana is pretty fucking white, too. So if you know, yeah. black folk don't like it and all of Indiana don't like you. Uh, or didn't he run for governor? I could be wrong, but I think he ran for governor. Maybe that was it. It would be statewide. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I mean, it certainly wouldn't be attorney general. So I, I can't think of what else it would be. Maybe secretary of state, but he didn't seem the type. Uh, so, yeah, it, he's trying so yeah. hard. But, man, he just does not doesn't make anyone happy he's got nothing he's 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 a clown on 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 this national stage and um you know and and i'll never forgive him for inflicting this upon us that's it he's just gonna play that and get it you're just going to get that stuck in everyone's head for the next oh hour and a half. God. You're welcome. It just makes you want to like, you know, go to like Buffalo Wild Wings after the after the game and just chug some beers and, you know, cheerleader for life, that song. Yeah. I, I, I will admit I used to love Panic! at the Disco too, but I, I just thought that, that they're, they're dead to me forever now, unfortunately. Yeah. They had some good tracks. That one just no, sounds yeah, like sure. you would hear it played at a fucking basketball game 50 times, you know, yeah. like just, I mean, miss, miss Jackson's that. is still a fucking gem like that. And that was, if I think from even from the same album or in that same uh, time period. So it's just, that's just yeah. an insufferable fucking song. There's um, the, the, the meme going around of the Photoshop of uh, Booty Judge's head on, uh, um, uh, on uh, the fucking like, Patrick Bateman from uh, American Psycho, and he's like, <laughs> when it, the scene where he's describing the how great, like you know, what, whatever terrible band it was uh, or solo artist, and but instead he's holding the, the Panic at the Disco album. <laughs> I, I posted um, that on our Facebook page. And for people that don't, I'm sure, you know, I assume like most of our uh, listeners are incredibly online, but I'm sure there's some that aren't always online. Um, what we're the reason we, we mentioned that song is because uh, a bunch of videos have been circulating from Pete Buttigieg kind of campaign training events. Uh, and and because they have no policy substance whatsoever, their their big go to move is to teach all of his supporters this just incredibly fucking goofy, incredibly white dance to that song um 
and there's a there's several videos of people like showing other you know sick Ugh. like you know aging white boomers how to do this incredibly like, goofy fucking you ever, you ever go to like the like a you know like a block party sunday you know um in the street kind of festival type thing. And you see all like the, uh, you know, mildly overweight suburban moms doing like Zumba, you know, like that's the crowd we're looking at here for booty judge. That's, that's where he's pulling. Well, is those kind of people. So, yeah, uh, nothing against, uh, you know, street events or anything, but just that, that, but it's, that, ugh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's inspired a bunch of great Twitter like responses, like a kind of mock, like a uh, high hopes challenge where like, all leftist accounts are posting their their really insincere versions of them doing the fucking high hope stance. It's pretty funny, um, but right, yeah, well, so on that guy, <laughs> yeah, f- so fuck him. Um, he's and again, he's a total. Oh, and one more thing about him, real quick. The uh, you know this big poll, like, and again, this is how media manufactures consent. There was a poll in Iowa that came out recently that had Buttigieg at twenty five percent in Iowa. The next person down below him was Biden at 16. Bernie was at like 15 or 14. You know, they're all like like 10 points below him. So people looked at that and were like, fuck, what is happening in Iowa? Why is people to judge doing so well in Iowa? Well, you know, the next day a poll came out that had uh, Bernie Sanders, Pete Buttigieg, and Joe Biden uh, in a virtual tie for first place all around 21 or 22 percent, which seems a lot more uh, conducive with what they've been averaging at. So people looked into the methodology of that Iowa poll, uh, which was, I think was a CNN poll, uh, where it had him 10 points up. And it was a poll of 200 registered voters, of which 73%, I believe, were uh, grad students or higher or under or had, had an undergrad degree or higher when the population of Iowa, uh, I think about 36% have undergraduate degrees. So it's a completely preposterous, unrepresentative sample of um, of Iowans. But of course, it's super representative of the group of people that would vote for Pete Buttigieg. And again, it's only 200 fucking people. It's a preposterously small sampling size. Right. You know, yeah. it, it, that, it, that, could go, just, that could vary 20 points in any one direction based on yeah. the demographic of, of which 200 people. You know, they, they always poll people that's like, oh, people that uh, went to college versus people that didn't go to college. Like, why don't they ever poll people that are in college? Like, why don't you, you just don't poll those people? <laughs> because they would you know? all say they support Bernie Sanders. Right, um, right. Well, and CNN did a thing last night where they looked at the polls and it, they showed uh, what it was for 65 years of age and older, which... Biden was in the front runner with forty four percent, and then they showed eighteen to thirty four, where Bernie was thirty eight percent as the front runner. And did they show uh, what, what it was from thirty five to sixty four? Literally a, a twenty nine year span of <laughs> of, of ages? <laughs> no, of course not. I wonder who was up in that category that they didn't want yeah. to show us. So this probably is probably Bernie this, Sanders. Yeah, probably or, or or very close to the top or yeah. like, you know, neck and neck. Uh, so, yeah, His polling I mean, goes th- down as is, you go up in age. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's there's more young voters and old voters. That's just the way it's going. Uh, they know that. But they still this is this is the horse race they make money off of is to pretend like it's totally polarized. Uh, and, you know, it's just it's the, the Zoomers versus the the boomers, basically, um, which which in some ways it is. But uh, to just completely not show the stats for easily everyone half the in the population. Um, it, it's just like, OK, this is this is a joke. 
Well, and and the reason I mentioned that poll is because that got wall-to-wall coverage, of course. I mean, that's all they talked about on cable news is Pete Buttigieg surging in Iowa. And it's like he's literally, uh, you know, in a tie with these other frontrunners who have been frontrunners for the the entire time in Iowa. I mean, the real story coming out of that is why is Liz Warren sinking in Iowa? I mean, and that's, you know, pretty obvious from her her total botched. and, And that's something else we didn't mention about Warren real quick uh, is her further backpedaling on Medicare for all. And I, anyone who criticized us for, you know, saying that Warren didn't support Medicare for all, I'm speaking broadly. I didn't, we didn't get any specific criticisms, but you know, the fucking, you know, (laughs) progressive left loves to criticize the actual socialists on the left for shitting on Warren deservedly. So, um, and you know, anyone who gave a shit about saying she's not really supporting Medicare for all needs to send us a written apology because this week she came out with her Medicare for all transition plan, which includes a public option for the first three years of her presidency, at which point she is going to start the fight for Medicare for all, you know, after she's had time to fucking blow her majority in a midterm because of her milquetoast policies and after the republicans have had three years to publicly bash her watered down version of medicare for all in which the insurance companies would still have a huge say in it and still do everything they can to undermine it by you know dumping off the the high cost uh patients into her into the public option while still keeping the rich healthy people in the private option so again you know she doesn't want to pass medicare for all she has no real will or desire to pass it and she just totally showed her fucking cards so we're gonna wait three years for you to even start the fight assuming you get it passed immediately which is preposterous and it's never gonna happen you're gonna burn all your political will getting a public option passed uh just say you miraculously get that passed and then start the fight then there's a four-year implementation on top of that so medicare for all wouldn't be instituted until maybe the end of her presidency in which time you know who knows how many thousands of people would die because of lack of health care. So, well, we know it's never going to happen yourself, because she's born. never going to yeah, be president. It's, it's preposterous. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing with Hillary Clinton. You know, <clears throat> we, we all knew once they, you know, rigged it for, uh, for her against Bernie that you can't win by, you know, you can do that in a primary, you can prop up a weak candidate, but as soon as they have to actually go out there and perform, they're not gonna, it's just not going to happen. Oh, Trump's going to eat her fucking lunch if she if she wins the nomination. I mean, yeah. well, do you see her today? And, uh, where was she today? Well, she she was giving a speaking event today, and uh, some and again, uh, these people were total fucking scum. The protesters that interrupted her were pro charter school people that the Waltons, I guess, had bust into her her rally. Um, she was getting protested by pro charter school people. Yeah. I'm like, she's probably pro charter school guys. Don't protest her. It's fine. Yeah, um, but, uh, privatization. Yeah. But, um, she like froze up like a deer in the headlights and didn't say anything. Just stood there to the point where Ayanna Presley, who, you know, endorsed her, of course, as we mentioned a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah. She had to come over and like control. She came room. over and like, and like, like, like comforted her. Like, like she looked like a senile old woman at that moment. Like it was really weird. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what that was about. Like, she looked yeah, like Joe I, Biden in that moment. I, I did see part of that clip. I, I was gonna, uh, I listened to the audio to see if it was worth playing, but it's like you really, it's, it's just not the really that is the, the the big thing there. Uh, yeah. Although I get, let's say Iona's dress was a uh, pretty sharp. So uh, yeah, but she's she's not on our team anyway. So whatever. 
Yeah. Um, um, but, but no, and, but so that's, so she can't even handle a room full of like nonviolent, like f- just moderately loud protesters that weren't even in her face. They were like up in the bleachers. Oh yeah. They were way in the back. It was a huge room and they, you, you like almost couldn't hear them. You could hear everyone chanting, let her talk. Uh, let her yeah. talk to the tune of lock her up. Apparently, if you chant 83 <laughs> three le- <laughs> syllables in a row, you are the equivalent of a Trump supporter. There was, there was some fucking hacky fucking grifter. I think he's British I, guy yeah, too. That was, was. Uh, saying that uh, Bert today was on Twitter. Bernie supporters were, were chanting, uh, not me us to the tune of lock her up. But it's like that's when he was also saying the it, same tune of, of Obama supporters shouting, shout, shouting, yes, we can. That's just how you shout three syllables. <laughs> it, um, he, I think he was actually complaining. He was complaining about that, but he's also complaining about how Corbin supporters were chanting not for sale. Regarding oh, that's what it was. NH, okay. Regarding yeah. the NHS, national health, national health service. Um, so yeah, it's just preposterous. So I, 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 I assume that guy goes to the Mets game and then just starts admonishing everyone who starts chanting "Let's go Mets" for, uh, for, for, for stealing the cadence and the tune of uh, "Lock Her Up" for their chance to support their team. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. just well, total it's, hack you know, it's, sometimes it's hard to get a crowd to all be in unison on something, uh, especially a white crowd to try to get them to all like chant at the same <laughs> in time, rhythm. yeah, in in rhythm uh, without sounding too shrill. I remember, you know, one of my one of my favorite chants was a little bit more complicated. It was right after uh, Michael Brown had been killed and his uh, cop killer murderer uh, had been essentially acquitted. The grand jury didn't yeah. uh, chose not to prosecute. It was uh, every cop in the ground, rest in power, Michael Brown. I was like, hell yeah, it's <laughs> a fucking chant right there. So oh, so uncivil. Oh my god! How could you? How could you say <laughs> such a horrible? Um, yeah. Fucking so <laughs> I know. Um, where are you? Everywhere. But yeah. So so she, of course, you know, just total flip flop. Nobody asked her about that. Unbelievable that they didn't fucking ask her about that when they asked her a question about her health care plan. They did not fucking ask her about her total fucking reversal on Medicare for all. Um, and no one brought it up, you know, and Bernie, you know, bless his heart is too fucking nice to actually, you know, bring that shit up about his friend. But, uh, you know, she's fucking she's fucking stealing your supporters <laughs> yeah. by lying to them, Bernie. Like, you got to eventually go people, after her. People are, are, are saying that they're like, Bernie, you're not going to win this by like people trust what you say. And if you attack some of these people in places they need to be attacked, you're going to wreck them. Right. And and yeah. you need to do that because this debate stage is where that's got to happen. You know, clearly, if Tulsi can can take out Kamala Harris in <laughs> one fell swoop and so can you. But, you know, I, I think he's kind of just like, I'm going to let the, the <clears throat> you know, the fives take out each other and I'll wait till it's the very end. You know, through a few key punches when it's just, a, you know, like three or four of us up here rather than, mm-hmm. you know, the, this fucking absolute concerning though. show. But, you know, it's concerning because yeah. the fucking impeachment nonsense, not, not the impeachment itself is nonsense, but the whole spectacle of it. it the, now, the fucking huge issue that we're not even talking about is that once they can impeach him in the House, there's going to be a fucking Senate trial. And they, and they have already determined that it's going to be a six day a week trial, which is going to take Bernie off the fucking campaign trail at the height of campaign season in February and January and February. That's a fucking disaster if that actually happens. Um, and does he have to be he, there for the whole thing? I well, if he's not, they're gonna be like, oh, well, look at him. He doesn't care. But I, I don't know. I actually don't know legally if he does. I think he will probably 
be there for the whole thing because he's going to be one of the jurors in that impeachment. And he's going to feel like, well, obviously it's my duty as a Senator to hear all of the arguments as to why we should impeach him. Now, I hope he just says, fuck you guys. I know I'm going to vote yes already. Why do I need to be there? I'm going to go campaign, but I don't think he's going to do that jury trial where they all have to be (sighs) there every single day. It it it? is though. I think, I mean, I, I, you know, I think, historically it is treated as such uh mm. and i don't know if that's an illegal binding thing though that's my only question well, maybe somebody listening can listening clarify this that and knows, please drop us uh, some info in the comments on our song because i mean page. it's like no bernie's not going to be convinced that donald trump is not guilty i mean there's no reason he can't say look i'm going to monitor these these sessions remotely i'm not going to be you know com- conducting the the hearings i, I can easily just uh, listen in to offer all of the testimony and then just or make you my just decision. Read transcripts of the testimony too. I mean, yeah. certainly they have so many transcribing yeah. all of it. Like uh, if he knows what he's going to vote that like he's committed major impeachable yeah. offenses. It's like, obviously I'm going to vote. Yes. So, you know, um, why do I need to be there for two months? Mm-hmm. But I think that might be the strategy is take Bernie and Warren and, you know, and, you know, I'm sure that's, you know, part of their strategy thinking is take Bernie and Warren off the campaign trail and let Biden and Mayo Pete fucking, you know, boost themselves up in the ratings and the, in the, uh, in the polling, like, I don't know how them doing more rallies is going to make any fucking difference. It's like, (laughs) I know, I know that might be the 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 fatal flaw of of Mayo Pete holding a, a rally in Atlanta. And it was literally like they filled someone's living room. (laughs) It was literally in someone's living room. And he's like, well, what's on, the black population of Atlanta? That that seems to track with uh, his support level. It's uh, the last time I looked it up. I, th- I want to say it's seventy percent. It's like the <laughs> second second largest behind Detroit. Um, so what's like ten percent of thirty percent that you could turn out? Like fifteen people, 20, 30 people. Like yeah, you know, um, yeah. So I don't know. I, yeah, but uh, so it's, I'm just very concerned about that. But I hope that he has enough. I don't want to say sense, but like, I hope he just says, you know, fuck this. I know what I'm going to vote in this impeachment. Like I've seen plenty of clear, you know, impeachable acts. I'm going to vote. Yes. I will monitor the testimony. He's got a staff who can be there for him. I I really doubt that he has to be there in person for all of it. I mean, if if fucking, I mean, obviously it's a different country, but if uh, Christo Fash Barbie can declare herself the new president of of Bolivia with only a third of the Congress there in session, I'm pretty sure that we can do things without having to actually be there. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I I hope so. I hope he he doesn't feel, you know, that he needs to needs to be there, Uh, but we'll see, I guess. Um, Bernie's a rolling stone. His place is on the road. He knows that. But you know what? In any event, even if he did have to go there, like for half the trial or like you know three days, three or four days out of the week, he's got such a great ground uh, ground game that I think he'd still be fine. Um, I think, but I don't want to take him off the campaign trail where he could make more outreach to voters and keep sure. boosting those numbers. So it's really I just mean, you could you could just send out AOC and Nina Turner on the road for Bernie. And he'd still that's, that's what they'll do if, they, if he ninety percent of the same size crowd as he would if Bernie was there himself. So. Uh, yeah, which is, you know, I, yeah, I, I haven't seen like, a, I haven't watched like a full rally, uh, for a while and everyone's like, Oh, Nita was so great. And it's like, yeah, she's always great, but it's, uh, you know, it, it, they could do it. They would be out there for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. So yeah, let's get, let's keep going through the cans. Biden, we spoke about briefly, um, just, 
a fucking rambling mess as per usual, you know, par for the course. Can't believe this guy is still in yeah. uh, among the top tier candidates. It's if, fucking if, if Bernie, if Bernie's a rambling or no, if Bernie's a rolling stone, then uh, Biden is a rambling man. He couldn't even get like his first opening statement remarks out before he stumbled actually, over his words. I actually have his opening statement. This is literally the first thing he says. Could not get a fucking sentence out. I'm, I'm going to play his opening, sta- his opening answer to a question. How would you get those same Republicans to work with you? Well, look, the next president of the United States can have to do, th- do two things. Defeat Donald Trump. That's number one. And number two, going to have to make, be, be able to go into states like Georgia and North Carolina and other places and get a Senate majority. That's what I'll do. You have to ask yourself up here, who is most likely to be able to win the nomination in the first place, or to win the presidency in the first place. And secondly, who is most likely to increase the number of people who are Democrats in the House and in the Senate? And uh, by the way, I learned something about these impeachment trials. I learned, number one, that Donald Trump doesn't want me to be the nominee. That's pretty clear. He held up what? to make sure that... That uh, doesn't make sense. That's a non sequitur. Innocent people in the Donbass are being killed by Russian soldiers. Secondly, I found out that what? Vladimir Putin doesn't want me to be president. So uh, I, uh, I've learned a lot about these things early on from these hearings that were that are being held. But the bottom line is, I think we have to ask ourselves the honest question. Who is most likely to do what needs to be done? Produce a Democratic majority in the United States Senate, maintain the House, and beat Trump. So the question was, how are you going to get Republicans to to support your policies, which you claim constantly? And that was right. his rambling, incoherent answer where he can get Well, he says, out. how are we going to increase the Democratic majority in the Senate? Well, Joe, why don't you go run for fucking senator again? You dumbass. <laughs> like, you you pulled it off when you're only 29. Clearly, now that you're, uh, you know, in your, your sunset years, you should we be should, able to do it again. <laughs> good God. I mean, just, just awful, awful shit. We should congratulate him, by the way, because he's going to be a grandfather again. I don't know if you saw this today, but uh, Hunter Biden confirmed through DNA tests to be the father of a, uh, a, a love child uh, outside of his marriage. <laughs> his marriage with his wife, who he uh, married after her previous husband, his brother uh, died. So he stole his brother, his dead brother's oh. wife, and then cheated on her and and uh, fathered a, a love child. So well, great fucking with, guy, Hunter. Keeping Biden. with the seventies the rock theme, uh, love child, never meant to be. Good God. And then, and, and yeah, and you know, and I'm, and obviously Hunter Biden is not Joe Biden. I'm not saying Joe Biden's response, but it just, it speaks to the character of this family in general. And Joe Biden is insanely corrupt and insanely um, lecherous. Lecherous. Uh, oh, and speaking of which, <laughs> so this is another clip I have of Biden. Uh, they ask Biden about uh, the Me Too movement and how, you know, we should approach that something to the effect of like, how should we approach that going forward? And Biden pivots immediately to uh, the Violence Against Women Act. Uh, so this is his this is his incoherent and um, really tone deaf answer on, on this question. And notice he doesn't really talk about sexual harassment because, uh, you know, maybe he's got a little bit of an issue with that. So here, here let's play. Let's listen to his answer. Around the issue of sexual violence and harassment against women in America. Are there specific actions that you would take early in your administration to address this problem? Yes. And by the way, it's one of the reasons. The first thing I would do is make sure we pass the Violence Against Women Act reauthorization, which I wrote. The fact I didn't write the reauthorization. I wrote the original act. The fact is that what happens now is that 
we, in fact, have to fundamentally change the culture, the culture of how women are treated. That's why, as vice president, when I asked the president I could start the, the movement on the college campuses to say, it's on us. It's everyone's responsibility. We do not spend nearly enough time dealing with — I was stunned when I did a virtual town meeting that told me 30,000 people were on the, on the call, young people between 15 and 25, and found out — I said, what do you need — what do you need to make you safer on college campuses people. and on your I mean, schools? You know what they said? Call. Get men involved. Engage the rest of the community. And that's when we started this movement on the college campuses to fundamentally change the culture. No man has a right to raise a hand to a woman in anger other than in self-defense, and that rarely ever occurs. And so we have to just change the culture, period, and keep punching at it and punching at it and punching at it. It will be a big — no, I really mean it. it, it make, it, it's a gigantic issue. And we have to make it clear they from, the top, this is from the president on down that we will not tolerate it. We will not tolerate this culture. Mr. Vice President, thank you. Senator Harris, this week you criticized Mayor Pete Buttigieg's outreach. So, uh, Senator Biden, or uh, Vice President Biden, how would you combat uh, violence against women? I don't know. We just got to keep punching at it and punching at it. and pu What the fuck goes through his head? Like, what is, it, he, when, what is he punching, though? I mean, like, is he punching a cloud? <laughs> what is, what's the thing that's being punched? He's punching uh, at the problem, but what what a fucking – he's just so bad at this. It's unbelievable how he, bad it is. He vaguely mentions something about college campuses and sort of implies there's a plan in place there, but it's like very unclear what he's getting at because he's just – you know, again, he's rambling. Uh, but it's, it's like – the college campus thing, like the, usually it means they want to make it easier for college campuses to go after students accused of, of sexual misconduct or sexual assault. And college campuses should not be the ones that are adjudicating things like that uh, because they have their own bias involved there. And it's, it's very rarely good for anyone involved, uh, victim or accused, right? You know, as, as much as criminal justice is, is bad, uh, that's Universities more of a matter should for, not yeah. be investigating criminal matters. That that's someone else's job. It should be a detective's job. Uh, but yeah, it, it, that said, obviously it's you know it is what it is. But yeah, Biden, it, it, he's overcompensating because so he knows he has this reputation and he doesn't know how to speak to it. Because every time he, he gets told not to rope or molest another woman, he will just grab their hands instead of their yeah. waist or their shoulders. He's like, oh, I'm just you can't get away from face. me now because I'm. Yeah, yeah. That, oh God, that one, that one, oh, so creepy. I feel like I'm gonna throw up a third time now. <laughs> uh, we gotta but move you know on to somebody did. else before I yak it again. Yeah, well, but you know what he did there is that he did he filibustered because he didn't want to have to discuss the second part of that question, which was sexual harassment, which he's really well known for because he's really fucking gropey, really creepy, has no concept of boundaries whatsoever even if he says it's totally innocent he just has no concept of personal space or boundaries and exclusively when it comes to women you don't see him going and grabbing you know bernie sanders by the face and and, and cooing into his ear like that's not what he fucking does he does it to women he does it to younger attractive women and he's a fucking creep which is why he filibustered on that answer and only talked about violence against women. And in his answer against violence about violence against women, he talked about punching the problem repeatedly. So, you know, just your front runner, ladies and gentlemen, um, Joe Biden. 
Oh God. Um, so yeah, that was, well, that was he's probably the, seen the Godfather and he knows that the way to deal with domestic abuse is to go just like bludgeon the, uh, the guy that slapped his wife to death to the point where uh, eventually then they retaliate by, uh, blowing your car to bits at a toll gate. So <laughs> Way, yeah, way Joe knows how to deal with a problem. That's that's his answer to to violence against women. So yeah, um, next up in speaking time uh, behind all of these clowns is Bernie Sanders, who again fucking killed it tonight. Despite the fact that they iced him out of the entire debate, they asked him maybe two direct questions, and one, and they were both inane and stupid, and not about any of his policies that he's been putting forth. Uh, you know, they've tried to avoid him on every major, you know, policy that he's supported, but he still managed to to kill it. I mean, he's, you know, he he uh, was at, I don't even remember what the question was, but he was asked a question kind of unrelated on foreign policy. And he managed to center it around Palestinian rights, uh, Palestinian human rights. Um, he was, you know, he, he really had, a, I thought he had a really strong performance uh, in, in the limited time he did have. I actually have his closing statement here. I want to play the audio from that because there's a lot of little clips of him. I didn't really want to bog it down because it's stuff he always says. But um, well, you, you real quick, you mentioned him talking about Israel and uh, Palestinian human rights. Um, do you also? Uh, oh, yeah, I do have that Michael, Michael Moore clip. Yeah. Let, let's run that one first real quick. Um, yeah. I haven't actually listened to this yet, so I'll, I'll, there'll be fresh ears uh, on sure. this one. There was so much abuse caused by this Bush war, and I think that, that anybody who will stand up and speak out against it, and especially Bernie, I mean, this is, what, this, is what we've always, this is what we've seen with Bernie through the years. He's always the first to say it, whether it's about Medicare for all or raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour or whatever, and tonight... He said something that I don't think I've ever heard at a Democratic uh, debate, let alone obviously not a Republican. He said that the Palestinians were human beings. He said that we cannot support Israel and be against the Palestinian people. It's, we're being hypocritical if we do that. We support Israel, but that means we have to support the people who are the Palestinians. That got a huge applause. So... Well, and by the way, he mentioned that because Bernie criticized Biden again on his Iraq war vote. But yeah, so, so sure. So uh, there's another part of that clip, a little bit longer version. I, I couldn't find it where uh, it, he um, Michael Moore says that, you know, what Bernie said was revolutionary. And while I thought what Bernie said was good, especially because he, he brought it up on his own. It wasn't mm-hmm. like it was, you know, when like he could have just not said anything. Right. And especially that's one of those controversial topics in American politics. Uh, especially at a, at a national level, um, what Bernie said was not revolutionary. It was the no, least he could do. Uh, revolutionary would be, uh, you know, admitting that it's genocide, admitting that it's ethnic cleansing, um, you know, uh, talking about what Israel is actually doing, uh, building illegal settlements, uh, settlements, um, bulldozing homes of Palestinians, the West Bank, uh, basically waging a siege on Gaza, trying to starve people. Uh, out of out of existence, not letting them import food or building materials, um, routinely bombing them, shooting unarmed protesters through the through this border fence, uh, and, and what else would be revolutionary would be actually like proposing a peaceful solution like the boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement, which Bernie does not support. Right. Uh, what yeah. would be really revolutionary is if we admitted that uh, Hamas has a right to to armed defense. The United Nations. Uh, 
the um, what is it? The Geneva Convention. There we go. Uh, explicitly allows people under military occupation to use any means necessary to defend themselves and dispel that foreign occupier. Right. Yeah. So literally, when, when when Hamas fires rockets into Israel, which almost all the land around uh, Gaza is farmland, it's very spar- sparsely sparsely populated farmland. Uh, which is and, why you never again, hear about casualties. Right. Right. And, and we're talking rockets that are not guided. They're just yeah. shoulder, you know, launched, go, you know, can't go more than about a mile. Right. It, it kills nobody. When you see like a, an impact crater from it, it's like it looks like a pothole. Right. You jump across um, it. Yeah. Right. When you see the impact crater from a, uh, a Israeli missile, it's the, the size of a house. And, you know, a half a city block is obliterated, right? So it's completely yeah. asymmetrical warfare. So, you know, it, it, supporting Hamas, I think, would be revolutionary. Now, nobody up there is going to do that. No. But if you... Nor would I even you, advise that for a presidential candidate because that's political suicide, unfortunately. No, course, yeah, it would be, unfortunately. But if we, you know, if, if somebody was was rolling tanks down your street and bombing your neighborhood... No, what, I, yeah, exactly. What wouldn't you do to defend yourself? You know, so this this completely uh, biased view that, that Palestinians don't have a right to armed defense is absurd. So I, I think if we at the very least acknowledge they do have those rights uh, under the Geneva Convention, like that would be a revolutionary take. Yeah. Well, and, and I, you know, and I, I agree, but I think his point more so, maybe he didn't articulate it well, was that it is revolutionary in terms of Democratic presidential candidates because they've been to a man awful on this fucking issue from you know from everyone on down as long as this has been a problem uh no no democratic or republican presidential candidate has had a good outside of like the completely fringe no major democratic presidential candidate has had even a decent answer on this so for him even you know the center you know it's just yeah and he and and he knows his audience on msnbc that he's trying to convey that to i think i think uh, i'm pretty sure michael moore supports bds but and bernie does and again that's an issue that we have with bernie but uh, you know bernie the steps he's willing to take on it are at least good first steps he's willing to condition aid to israel he even said the other day that he would want to uh, di- uh, divert aid that we're sending to Israel and actually send it to Gaza in support of their human rights and rebuilding, mm-hmm. you know, their their crumbling infrastructure. Oh, so, I mean, you, that's what see, people oh, shit so, their pants about, you know. Also, um, speaking of Israel, uh, Netanyahu, prime minister, was formally charged with uh, corruption and fraud uh, yep. and uh, defying the public trust, which which we knew was coming. It wasn't like a surprise. I, was, I thought he already had been, but apparently now it's, he's been formally indicted. Yeah, I think um, he actually was formally indicted. Yeah. And the... The in response, the Onion headline today was uh, U.S. Congress um, uh, allocates $3 billion to Netanyahu's legal defense fund. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's the amount we give the entire country annually in aid, weapons and cluster bombs and white phosphorus. Yep. Yep. And they have Medicare. Uh, They have single payer health care and we don't. So, you know, we send them, but we send them $3 billion. It's fine. Um, but so, yeah, I, I think Bernie had the strongest performance of anyone, you know, that night. And it's not just because I agree with him more than anyone else. I, you know, we talk on the show when people have really strong performances, you know, Julian Castro had some pretty sure. good showings early on, but I genuinely think he was the only one who really did anything to stand out. I mean, you know, everyone else for the most part just faded into obscurity. Tulsi had a really good moment, but other than that, she was pretty quiet. It just, nobody else well, had a really good showing. I don't think. 
Yeah. Well, you remember everyone that the last debate was the first after his heart attack, and everyone was like, "How is he gonna be?" You know, and yeah. he was he was com- he was on fire, and again this Real time, time, like just completely on it. You remember the debate before his heart attack, though? He sounded really like hoarse and raspy. He was like bad. He's, yeah. he, he didn't sound good. So he was just bad know, of it. We're, we're, we love Bernie, but we can be objective about just like performance, you know? Yeah. And he always says the, yeah. And he always says the best things in terms of like his answers to questions, but it's really all about how forceful he is, how much he's willing to go after other people on the stage, how much he's willing to interrupt because they never ask him questions. So I think tonight was a good balance. I still wish he would interrupt more because they were just, I mean, he literally, you know, you saw it. Well, there's that clip going around. They, they, anytime they don't want someone to be able to interrupt because they can tell they, uh-huh. this is like they're raising they their hand. They're gonna, they cut their mics, right? Uh, but yeah, there, there was one point where Bernie interrupted and immediately just like blurted out his mouth. I wrote the damn bill. Yeah, <laughs> he, so funny. he always knows when to like work that in. Uh, Which Kamala like had this weird to. laugh. She was like, ha, 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 come on, Bernie, or something like no, that. Her so. cackle. I, I swear Ugh. she watches videos of Hillary cackling to get that cackle down. Just, her... <laughs> just to get the fucking. Oh. Um, but no, I, I I think he, he you know, and he was visibly frustrated at one point about the Medicare for All thing where they were like, uh, Senator Warren, let's go to you for Medicare. And he literally like slammed his hand on the podium because he's like, I've been fucking holding my hand up for 20 minutes. You ask a question about health care. I wrote the fucking bill. And that was. He slammed his hand. Then they call on him after that. And that's when he said that. Yeah, well, thank you. I wrote the damn bill. I, you know, I should <laughs> think I have something to say on this. Um, yeah, but- he's just got to figure out a better way to talk about how his plan is actually Medicare for all. And the other ones aren't because they don't he abolish private insurance. He just doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to con- insult they- his friend. And it's not even that. It's just he, I don't think he knows how to, how to articulate it because whenever they go, oh, you want to ban private insurance, he defaults to, you know, look, we're going to have everything covered. No copay, no premium. We're mm-hmm. gonna cap drug prices. Like you know, he he defaults to that. But people are like, yeah, but you're still gonna ban private insurance. It's like, well, that's what Medicare for all means. Why would you pay more money for the exact same thing if you're already covered with Why Medicare you for all? Yeah. And right. and it's 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 a complicated answer though, and you can't really give it in thirty seconds, which is the issue with these fucking debates because it's hard to explain the whole concept of creating a two tiered healthcare system and and allowing private health insurances to well, pick and choose from a, a pool. Figure out a, an easy answer. The easy answer is just, <laughs> it's cheaper. It's cheaper coverage for the you know it's cheap. It costs yeah. less for the same coverage. When when you pay for private insurance. You're paying, you know, into a system where, you know, the top third of the money goes to someone else's profits, some shareholders profits, and it doesn't go to your medical care. So why would you want to do that? Why would you want to pay more money for the same coverage? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, So uh, up next, uh, we have Cory Booker, who... Uh, I thought I actually had a, you know, again, he's, you know, pretty vacuous and doesn't have much to say, but I thought he had a, a decent showing. He certainly spoke more than other people who um, are pulling higher than him. So he tried to do what he could to get his name out there. His one great contribution that I'll give him credit for is he fucking hammered Biden on on the whole uh, marijuana thing. Because Biden last week to a room full of wealthy donors said, oh, well, I don't support legalized marijuana because i think it's a gateway drug and and cory was like well i think you were high when you said that because that's a ridiculous oh, fucking yeah. thing to say the, the crowd wouldn't let them move on from that the crowd was like no we're gonna dwell on that a little bit um 
Yeah, no, Biden's comment on marijuana was crazy. He was like, well, we, we haven't had time to study the long-term effects of it. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? We've been smoking marijuana for thousands of years. <laughs> I think we know the long-term effects of marijuana. Uh, and there aren't any, unless you're high at the moment. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, you know, that, that was Booker's kind of big contribution. Again, I don't really know why he's still running. Don't really know why Rosario Dawson's dating him, but you know, <laughs> mysteries of the world. Um, yeah. So, uh, up next was Kamala Harris who, uh, didn't really do much. Uh, I'm sure, you know, I, I, I she was one of the people at the media said, Oh, she had a great debate. Uh, I can't remember a single thing she did other than go after Tulsi for, uh, appearing on Fox News and and other you know right wing out like she she really just you know she wanted to get Tulsi back for and then as soon as the debate was over her. yeah Kamala immediately did an interview with Fox News as soon as the, the debate <laughs> ended it's just oh it's like it, nothing nothing matters to her she's a fucking nihilist you, you know what uh, you she, know what to, oh yeah I'm sorry go ahead oh she seemed really fucking agitated and aggressive. You know, yeah. like all of her like fake swagger she's done in the past doesn't work. Uh, she knows she's going to lose her home state of California. She knows that. And, you know, embarrassingly so. might only be able to qualify for like maybe the next debate. Maybe not the one after that. So, yeah, she hates Tulsi with a passion. And it's obvious. Well, and you know what? This is, again, the, the fucking MSNBC working in, in concert with the DNC. They set her up to totally un Tulsi gave an answer about something that was totally unrelated to her. And, uh, Rachel Maddow said, uh, Senator Harris, do you want to respond? Literally nothing. She wasn't, her name was not invoked. It had nothing to do with her. And that's what set up her fucking hit job on Tulsi about, Oh, well you met with the sod and you went on Fox like that. It was so coordinated. I don't know if anyone else picked up on that, but I was like, this is fucking oh, yeah. fishy as hell. Like they this- want, they want the, the, the cat fight, right? That's the ratings right there. Um, they don't want to have a substantive debate. Obviously they're, they're there for all the moderators fucking hate Tulsi too. You know, you can tell like Rachel fucking hates her guts. I mean, she, cause she's, you know, <laughs> yeah. In total opposition uh, to what she's pushing. It, yeah. So I, I don't think we actually got to the, the Bernie's closing statements. Maybe we want to leave that till the very end to, to have something happy to end. Oh, on, yeah, yeah, kinda, yeah. We'll end on that. Okay. A little bit. So we'll, we did. we'll do that once we wrap everything. I just want to make sure I, I mentioned it before. We no, did. yeah, so for sure. Totally forgot. So, yeah, and, and but that's all Kamala did. Nothing of, of substance. Uh, next up with 10 minutes and 58 seconds was uh, Amy Klobuchar, who was – Shaking like a chihuahua with a cocaine balloon shoved up its ass. Like, I don't know what was happening with her, with her, but she was just like shaking the entire, like for a good, like the first half of the, before they went to the commercial, she was shaking the entire time. Uh, and some people were debating like, is it her hair? Is she actually shaking? Is her hair like jiggling? Um, <laughs> one person made a funny comment. It's like, well, I don't think she's actually uh, shaking. I think her hair is shaking, but I think one intern's not making it home tonight. <laughs> which was really funny um yeah. she could but, just be up there and be fucking nervous like everybody else and she's just standing there like tapping her she, foot but, behind the podium but and she was shaking like she was that. like like you know like jack torrance at the end of the fucking shining like she was like it was very weird yeah. like you know i didn't actually notice that because i usually i'll put the um the debate on down in the very like bottom corner of my, my monitor right so it's like everyone's you know only an inch tall <clears> on the <throat> screen because i'm doing yeah, other yeah. shit I, I would never just sit there and just watch the debate torture yourself uh yeah. and 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 not be you know like fucking mocking the whole thing on twitter at the same time 
so yeah, I, I didn't notice the shakes, but you know, maybe, maybe she's trying to quit the alcohol, check, trying to cut cut back on the on the sauce. Check out a check out a clip later on Twitter because it's pretty prom it's pretty pronounced. I don't know what it was about. A lot of people commented mm-hmm. on it though, even like journalists. I, I it, it it was very odd, but uh, yeah. Some 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 poor intern probably got their ass whooped after after her debate performance because uh, again she said nothing of value in the ten minutes and fifty eight seconds she talked couldn't tell you a single answer. I felt she like gave. she had one good answer on something, but it was so generic that like anybody could have given the same answer. But again, yeah, like, well, there's so many softballs. Yeah, um, yeah. So Tulsi Gabbard uh, next at nine minutes fifty two seconds. She really had to fight for her time because they did not want to call on her other than to you know bring shit up to i didn't know she was there i i was like oh she must not because she didn't qualify for like what the third one yeah Uh, and then she came back for for this or you know this was the fifth one so she was back for the last back for the fourth one yeah they didn't call on her for like the first 25 minutes and i i assumed she wasn't actually up there that she was one of the ones that didn't make it again they don't go to wide shots a lot weirdly yeah because you'd see all bernie's hand up the whole time (laughs) yeah um so you know I mean, she had a decent debate she she fucking uh, she she kneecap mayo pete so that's that was her contribution to this debate yeah. uh and that's the reason she's still you know that that i still support her hanging around is just a kneecap whatever centrist the you know they're pushing at the moment um definitely but you know and she i really think she she does some things to endear herself i mean again you know there's just for me, there are hurdles that will never get past in terms of supporting her, but I I, I think she's she's less w- bad than eighty percent of the other candidates, you know. Yeah. So, um, well, in some of the stuff people throw at her, she has spoken to before and either explained it or refuted it, and then whenever they bring it up, she doesn't feel like she has to constantly like answer that question again, right? So, mm-hmm. some of that stuff is, I think, somewhat unfounded, you know, like can't really no, control, oh, absolutely like what religion your family had growing up and their crazy stuff and of course uh and she's she's recanted some of the you know anti the homophobic uh, shit, lgbt yeah. stuff that her religion was was touting um but yeah i mean we, we we've already talked enough about her and her some of yeah. consistencies and what we like especially you know around the uh, and, uh, foreign policy that is less than desirable despite being supposedly anti-regime change more yeah, and and by the way, that reminds me also, uh, the two-hour debate, they asked a question about the fucking Hong Kong protest, did not ask a question about Bolivia, the most current and pressing uh, geopolitical crises kind of unfolding right now. Not a question about it, because everyone to a person other than Bernie Sanders and maybe Tulsi would have given a fucking awful answer about it, and they know that, so they do everything that they can to protect and coddle these fucking weak ass candidates and again you know even if you fucking support these people you should want them to be tested they're going to have to debate donald fucking trump what do you think he's gonna go easy on you because because he doesn't want to upset you he's gonna fucking cut your throat like that's what donald trump does in a debate he's a fucking they they don't want the word coup set up on that stage right they don't want anyone to to reference uh bolivia what happened there as a coup not that anyone besides Bernie would call it that. Exactly. The other thing yeah. is, is, is since this uh, right-wing Christo-fash uh, government has taken over, uh, they're just executing people in the streets right now. They've killed mm-hmm. over 30 protesters, some of them shot in the head. Right? That's, that's live ammunition, not tear gas or rubber bullets, 
uh, just firing live ammo. Yeah, they're, into no, they're, they're death squads. They're sending out death exactly. squads right now, basically. Which is exactly what always happens when we back a right-wing coup uh, against the left-wing government is you have death squads, right? And, you know, that's that's the – more than they don't want the word coup spoken aloud, they really don't want to have anyone bring up, uh, you know, mass killings in the streets as a result of a – uh, you know, clearly, if not backed by the CAA, clearly supported by our Department of State and the White House. And probably backed by the CIA. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, we'll, don't, we'll find out nothing. in 20 years from now. You know, <laughs> no government gets toppled out the CIA do it, pulling some strings. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, just totally disgusting and a total dereliction of their duty. But I expect no less from MSNBC. Um Tom Steyer up next at eight minutes and fifth and 24 seconds. Again, just total vapid empty suit, you know, says, says a lot of the right things constantly he says, Oh, I agree with Bernie on this. And I, I want to do, but he's a bullshit. He's a fucking billionaire. Nobody gets to a billion dollars without, you know, trampling uh, their workers along the way. And of course he's invested in natural gas. So this is a guy who claims he's a big climate activist, has a ton of money tied up in natural gas, made a lot of his fortune in coal, he's not the fucking champion for the climate that he pretends to be. And he says that's his number one issue. So if that's his number one issue and he's, he's got that much special interest, uh, conflict of interest when it comes to that issue. Um, what, what are his other issues? <laughs> because that seems to be, uh, disqualifying immediately. Uh, and again, he's another billionaire who had no business being in this race, bought his way in by buying, enough coverage that he got up to the requisite number of polling, uh, you know, spots and just, again, has no business on that stage. Like what the fuck is he there for? Well, we, we needed our, our Lincoln Chafee of this election cycle and he's kind of the closest one out of all the, the, all the Mayo candidates that are running all the Merrick whip candidates, all the wonder bread candidates. So yeah, I really, I don't have, I have much. I have nothing. To, there's nothing to say about him. He's a fucking, no. yeah, he's, he's just there. Well, it's fine. They'll swap him out next debate for, for the other billionaire that decided he wants to run Bloomberg. He'll be the next, right. the next vanilla fucking awful right-wing billionaire that they, that they put into that spot instead. Oh, speaking of nothing burgers. Um, did you see that, uh, this, this guy who was the, Oh, he's a former governor of what state? I don't remember. Um, but he uh, went to an event in Atlanta, his first campaign event, and literally two people were there. Oh, Deval Patrick, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so he canceled. They had to cancel it. the event. I'd be like, how insulting to your two supporters in, in all of America. <laughs> It's like, all right, I'm giving up. Like, dude, what are you fucking? He's another rich one too, right? We he yeah he works at Bain Capital he he literally yeah. worked in foreclosures at Bain Capital this is the fucking Democrat that they want to run the guy who's Mitt Romney's buddy at Bain Capital helping foreclose on black people's houses during the housing uh, crisis I don't know what people don't find appealing about that I mean it's, <laughs> he, he's he's a black guy it works for a fancy bank kicking people out of their homes like what's not to love Yep Obama loves him of course you know of course just just total fucking you know. Ugh, just unbelievable um class solidarity yeah absolutely yeah absolutely um and then the final candidate of course was andrew yang who you know talked for the least amount of time uh didn't really have much to say of interest uh again uh yeah i've, I've really nothing to say about yang he was there also um you know oh yeah it's hilarious there, there's a uh facebook group 
uh, what I forget the name of it. It's uh, Andrew Yang's Slumlord Mame Stash or something like that. And it's just, <laughs> you know, like mocking all of his, you know, his, his complete lack of understanding of how much things cost, right? And all of his just stupid contradictions and all of his stupid fans that are just like into vaping and Bitcoin and they're fucking gamers. And it's just, it's like, and think fortune somehow fucking, yeah and and like they're all people that like probably voted for trump last time and now they're dissatisfied because they're you know slightly less racist but uh one of them was, was just going on this rant about how uh you know all the all the bernie bros are um the real racist because they keep attacking uh straight white men and just you know it was like cliche like really guy but uh mm. there's a there's a great <clears throat> Uh, meme that I posted several times where it's, it's Yang saying, uh, you know, the automation is going to take away all of our jobs. That's why we need the, his, his freedom dividend of $1,000 a month. And so that would cover <laughs> anything in your life. Uh, and then he says, oh, but also uh, Medicare for all uh, is too disruptive. So you're going to need employer-based health care. So uh, just plan on getting a job anyway. <laughs> and, and, but like as each panel, uh, he's got his arms outstretched and, and each panel, there's like a hat that says math on it. That's like descending down upon his head <laughs> gradually, like from one panel to the next. So it's just, it's like just total, I don't know if these people just live with their parents still. And that's why they don't know what things actually cost in the real world. Or if they have, you know, have a shitty uh, basement apartment of their own and they're just like, Oh man, like a thousand bucks. I could buy like, that that fucking new game I want. I could buy that fucking new vape pen. Like that's like that. That's all they see is their life just subsisting off of uh, junk food uh, and uh, CBD oil. And like that's all they aspire to. You know, going to college is you know free, uh, free public university. They're just like, what would I use that for? You know, like that's that is the Yang people that I see coming to this group, uh, a group made to mock him uh, to actually try to say he's a good candidate. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I think that's all I could say about him as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, overall, just total shit show. Uh, MSNBC should be fucking ashamed of themselves for how much they covered and coddled these candidates. Because again, this is not fucking patty cakes. These people are going to have to debate Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a fucking dirty, you know, pitbull like he's going to destroy these people in a debate everyone other than bernie who who has taken on you know tough debates before and fucking killed it like t- bernie sanders took on ted cruz who's actually a very good debater despite the fact that he's a vile you know lecherous creature uh and and you know has no redeeming qualities whatsoever he's good at debating and and lying to make his point and bernie's destroyed him in every debate that they had together so Bernie is is uniquely suited in of, amongst this group to take on Trump, uh, you know, pulling aside yeah. the fact that he's pulling the best against him aside. And again, it just serves nobody to just coddle these candidates and not ask them tough questions because, you know, when they're going to get asked tough questions when they're debating Donald Trump on fucking national television, <laughs> when these debates aren't on MSNBC, when they're on CNN or, you know, uh, Fox, like that's when he's going to get when they're going to get asked tough questions and they got to be able to answer them. I saw an article today and it was basically the people who are more like, like sports betting types, right? Like they don't just look at polls, but they look at, uh, you know, kind of, you know, probability data more than, than, than someone like Nate Silver probably actually does. Uh, and usually these are people who are not political. It's more just like betting on like who is, who really is likely to get it 
right? And they were all saying like Bernie's looking more and more like he's the one, like he's the most favorable, uh, most likely to actually get the nomination. Now, I don't know if those people are aware of how much the you know DNC will rig things and try to make sure that every superdelegate is lined up against Bernie. Um, but yeah, it was like the first time I'd seen an article kind of talking about that and, and how they're the they are favoring him in the odds more than other candidates right now. Wow. Well, so, I mean, I, I think so, that's certainly anyone objectively would look at it and say that, but, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. You'd, you'd have to be, you know, you'd have to be either a paid shill or a surrogate. Uh, this, this fucking, so, you, you know, the Iraq war got brought up a little bit last night. Uh, and of course, oh, you know, Biden, you know, <laughs> I know where this is going, favor yeah. of it. Uh, and, and, you know, everyone's tweeting about the debate and everything. And some random person I see is, is tweeted something. Uh, and at first I just, you know, this isn't a blue check account. I just think it's like a regular person, you know, albeit with thousands of followers. And her name is Jess Morales Raquetto. That may not be a real last name. Uh, she tweets out as an older millennial, I find it so weird the way these folks all call back to the war in Iraq weird right yes it was formative i don't even know what that means but that vote was always decades ago i don't even know what that means how can something be always decades ago that's that's not how time works uh and the iraq war vote was 17 years ago not decades ago so not even two decades yet (laughs) you haven't updated your foreign policy in decades like what Um what? Do, you, do you think what voting for the deaths of a million people is a thing that you just like wipe off your fucking LinkedIn profile? Like what? Yeah, you're never no. allowed. If you if you voted for the Iraq war or even advocated on TV for the Iraq war, you're not allowed in polite society. <coughs> Get the fuck out. Like, what are you doing? That no, be- that's going to be that is on your record forever and it will be brought up forever. So then she is she got absolutely ratioed. And I, I, I was fucking a little bit. Like, you know, I don't let, try to get like bad takes get to me, but this one was so like clearly Green in bad jokes. faith. Yeah. yeah. So she, she got, uh, only 14 RTs and there are 174 likes and 823 responses. <laughs> and then of course she doubled down on it and, and she pretended, uh, you know, like, well, she doesn't really know anything. She says, I, th- somebody responds to her and tells her she's just wrong. And she goes, well, I think that's fair. And you know, I don't really know shit about foreign policy. So oh my god! Why? What? Oh my god! Yeah. So why the fuck she, are you opening your mouth? Like, don't. Do- yeah. So <laughs> she she continues here, uh, but I just feel like they shouldn't try to also update the accomplishment in some way. The accomplishment. What the fuck? I, I don't even know. She, that's this is where I thought that maybe she was like, just a very stupid person. Clearly. Well, that's what I thought that like maybe English wasn't her first language and she was just misusing words without meaning to. Uh, And then it says, but yes, but I totally take your point and I'm chewing on it. So the accomplishment was she saying that the the Iraq war was an accomplishment like we won that and that was a good thing because, you know, people are are literally hundreds and hundreds of people are telling her like a million people die. What the fuck are you talking about? Maybe she means their accomplishments, like their accomplishments should also be taken, like Biden's accomplishments should also be taken into consideration. Um, What what those accomplishments are. The accomplishment. She's referring to the war and referring to foreign policy and says they should also try to update the accomplishment in some way. Yeah. And I'm just sensible. Um, so my response to that, I just said, are you outside your fucking mind? (laughs) (laughs) 
And then, and then she comes back later on and she starts playing SJW, uh, you know, jargon bingo and trying to figure out like, how can she, uh, spin this around? So she's accused people of mansplaining to her of mansplaining. Now, mansplaining is when a man condescendingly explains something to a woman that she already knows as though she was stupid and didn't already know it. She admits right here in the tweet, I don't really know shit about foreign policy, so I am ignorant. So nobody who is fucking explaining to her that killing a million people, innocent people, is morally wrong, morally reprehensible, was mansplaining. Not one. So... You know, number one, comrade, I, I know what mansplaining is, so I don't know why you just mansplain mansplaining to me. It's very offensive that you would that you would do that. But um number two no. I mean, yeah, this is preposterous. It's just she feels stupid for being called out for for posting dumb shit on Twitter, uh, and probably didn't expect it to go anywhere and it got sent around everywhere. So then she had to double down and then she had to center herself as a victim on it. But what whatever. I mean, it's just, you know. It's idiotic. Uh, well, once, I mean, people started looking into, you know, who this person is because she's not a blue check, but like clearly she's, she's got like 20,000 followers. She was a surrogate for Hillary Clinton. Oh, oh good God. Of Hillary course. Clinton has personally Delicious. tweeted about this person. She has designated <laughs> her own tweets, not just retweeted her. Hillary Clinton has word. tweeted about this Jess Morales oh, Raquette. So the idea that she didn't know what she was talking about is bullshit. Total gaslighting <laughs> bullshit to be like, oh, I'm totally ignorant about what the war was all about. Oh, my like, God. No. Your fucking queen voted for it, too. And I guarantee that's where her real fucking uh, argument was coming from. Of course. Of course. And, you know, uh, she's got a name like somebody who, like, has blonde hair and blue eyes and super white skin and tweets about how she's from Venezuela and the uh, socialist regime in Venezuela. Like, that's who, when you said that, Dave, I was like, she probably is probably with these, like, fake Venezuelans that, like, talks about the evils of communism and and socialism. um, Hang on, I got to find it. Then when people talked about their family members in Iraq who were killed by us forces she goes oh well i have i had family that were in the military that served in that war too so it's it affected all of us like <laughs> your family went there and killed those that person's family like, like you, you 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 completely center the aggressor and the invader as somehow being equally as 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 uh you know having suffered in an illegal war of an invasion uh, I mean, just unfucking real with this with this person was trying to do, and just you know, you know, I'm I'm sure she most people let that shit fly, and they're like, oh, we, you know, we support the troops, and it's like clearly 823 people did not support her because she got fucking buried with people that were just <laughs> enraged by that bullshit. Oh yeah, here yeah. we go. Uh, so I have multiple family members who served in the Iraq War and who currently serve in the military, so I don't need trolls to mansplain the costs of war. The cost of war. Those people that are your friends are the ones who who carried out the acts of war that killed those people that you're complaining are now mansplaining to you. Yeah, that that your queen, among other fucking idiots in, in Congress, voted for completely on bullshit pretenses, which we knew were bullshit at the time, so just because they knew that that was what the military and industrial complex in their fucking infinite, you know blood-sucking ways demanded at that moment so you know it's just yeah shut the fuck up basically forever last part of this this i'll read here uh she says again it's possible to have principal disagreement and i am interested in having that if you are too let's engage 
you, you can't have a principled disagreement about the massacre of a million people. That, that just doesn't exist. There's no such thing. There's no such, well, you know, agree to disagree about uh, dropping cluster bombs on civilians. Well, here, let, let's try it. Why don't you have the position of um, the Iraq war was bad and I'll try and you and you tell me why. And then I'll try to principally disagree with you with principles. Are you, you going to quote uh, Thomas Friedman when you do it? <laughs> no, no, I no, I, I I'm going to genuinely try to to engage in this thought experiment on her on her end. What what? So why do you think the Iraq War was bad, comrade? Uh, because I think killing innocent people uh, for something they didn't do, uh, attacking the wrong country, uh, is uh, illegal and wrong to do. Well, you know, and I and I and I genuinely I, I support your right to think that, and I and I and I'll fight for your right to think that. But I think genuinely that 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 it's great that we can even have this substantive discussion. I really do. I I, I think that that this is this is how how discourse should be in America. And um, you know, I I, I don't know if I agree necessarily. I defer. I defer to uh to people that know way more than us. People like Hillary Clinton, who really you know are in there in the security meetings and get their briefings every day and they know better than we do. Uh, and, and I, and even though everyone says that this is bullshit and there are no weapons of mass destruction, I trust that the good natured people in DC, uh, have Did our best. Hear? In- <laughs> you just reminded me one of, one of Joe Biden's <laughs> answers for why he was the most qualified was that he'd been inside the situation room before. It was like you. So is the janitor. Like what the fuck? No, but it's like he he's so he's becoming so unhinged that you're like he's just reinforcing the idea. Like oh shit! Like when we do have a real situation, he's gonna be in that room again. Like that's yeah, it's terrifying. (laughs) Like when shit hits the fan, I'm gonna be the one you're gonna have to call. And you're like, yeah, Joe, you're not really selling us on this. Well, did the other thing he said during the debate was he he said something like I I come out of the black community. Did you did you catch that one when he was trying to oh, talk yeah. about like no, he, he said he was from the black community and people were just started laughing at him. <laughs> oh. When you get laughed at openly by a room full of like super partisan team democrat folks, you know you're in a fucking world of hurt. Like those people are not trying to to shit on biden those people want to give him the benefit of the doubt and he still gets fucking laughed at so you know <laughs> just just you know yeah. just fucking throw in the towel man he's had enough <sighs> throwing the fucking day da- throwing the damn towel so oh, maybe here's yeah. a good place to uh to to go to that bernie clip to Bernie's yeah, closing statement here Let's end our debate talk on on a on a positive note because it was a real shit show. But Bernie killed it, and this this closing statement was just uh, exemplary of what he did the entire debate. Thank you. Uh, let me say a, a word about myself. <clears throat> Unusual as it may seem, <laughs> uh, I am the son of an immigrant young man of seventeen who came to this country without a nickel in his pocket. I have some sense of the immigrant experience. I will stand with the 11 million undocumented immigrants in this country. At the age of 21, as a member of a civil rights group at the University of Chicago, I was arrested, spent the night in jail, and I have been committed to the fight against all forms of discrimination, racial discrimination, sexism, homophobia, xenophobia, and religious bigotry. I will lead an administration that will look like America, will end the divisiveness brought by Trump and bring us together. 
During this campaign, I am proud to say that I have received more campaign contributions than any candidate at this point in an election in American history, over 4 million contributions, averaging $18 a piece. If you want to be part of a movement that is not only going to beat Trump, but transform America, that doesn't have a super PAC, doesn't do fundraisers at wealthy people's homes, please join us at BernieSanders.com. Thank you. Yeah, so great shit as usual. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's good. I mean, I don't know how we're all going to fit inside the website, uh, but yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, figure, we'll figure it out somehow. <laughs> I don't know if anyone can't fit, they can always. There's plenty of room over at Joe three o three three o dot com if you want. If you want to go, that's binary code. Room. Yeah, <laughs> was, uh, yeah. Was he trying to give us some Morse code? Fucking, you know. Dr. Manhattan's not really on Mars. Like, oh, God. There we go. Um, yeah. And if you like The Watchmen, check out our other cast. <laughs> our yeah. We've been yeah, reviewing no, The Watchmen sure. series on HBO. It's a lot of fun to watch and review. Yeah. Great fucking series. One of the best shows on television, I think, in years. Uh, and it's really... Uh, it's fun to review, yeah, like you said, because there's just so much shit to talk about every week, to theorize about, to praise the performances, the fucking, the, the writing, the, the mysteries they set up, the, the, the way they shoot it, just everything about it. Fucking great. Uh, so if you want to check that out, it's in the main feed. It's called what's left of the watchman. Uh, we're reviewing that. Tying right it now. back to, yeah, to, to presidents. Yeah. So in this, this world that uh, comprises the watchman, uh, Robert Redford is the president. We've been sort of uh, hoping given that, uh, you know, Redford uh, played a uh, evil corrupt Senator, in uh, the Marvel movies or some of them that he may come out of retirement. I mean, he hasn't been in retirement that long, but he's kind of, you know, sailing around on a boat somewhere uh, to, to just do like a, a short little bit playing himself as president in uh, the Watchmen. So we're, we're all fingers crossed for that right now. Yeah, I think we'll get it. I, I, he'll show up in the finale, like just as <laughs> it, it almost as a one-off. It'll be a goof like to have a minute. But even, yeah, even if it was just like an ad or a PSA, where he appears as as President Redford, and it would be, you know, you could just like send a, a film crew out to his home and, you know, record something like that in one afternoon. Wouldn't have to bother him too much. So, if you're yeah. listening right now, Robert Redford, we're hoping. <laughs> yeah, there's still time. You can go film a cameo. Like they they could just shoot you in the Oval Office. You don't even need to go. They could th- come on, do the right thing. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah so that's that's great you can go check that out we're also reviewing the mandalorian um which has been a lot of fun definitely a different series than than watchmen and it's also very different than i think we thought it would be but uh it's 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 very fun so far and i'm interested to see where it goes uh that's over on disney plus and that's um you can find that in this same feed it's uh ba- called bounty hunters guild a Mandalorian podcast. Uh, and we do that every uh, Tuesday. Uh, Watchmen goes up every Monday. Um, yeah. If you want to support the show, uh, you can do that over at patreon.com uh, slash move left. You want to buy any merch. You can do that at tinyurlcom slash move left merch. Uh, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash move left idiots. Uh, we are on uh, SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash move left i'm on twitter at move underscore left and i'm on twitter at smuck collector with an er not an or and yeah that's a wrap 
Yep. See you next week.